Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. To 2 2, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Go! Could have went left, but it went right. Could have went wrong, but it went right. Said it was Ian, but it went right. Pass on, pass on, sight. MVP in the last. Telling the negative to positive. We're heading for a classic in the paper. Hello, welcome to another Tashi Gunas podcast. My name is Lewis and I'm joined by Dr. Leroy. How are you doing, Doctor? Stressed, but we, we're good, man. We're good. Stressed. Pandemic's oh. gone, mate. It's done. Oh. COVID's finished. Listen. You, you eliminated it single-handedly. Listen, listen. I am finito. I, <laughs> <laughs> I have worked what hours in per week in this flipping last couple of months than I have in my entire career. But it's good though. It's at least also keep me in good spirits, man. Keep yeah. watching, you know? Yeah, 100%. That, that's, the, that's, 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 that's what can keep you going, man. That's... When I see It is a lot better when other people sing it. I can't lie. Maybe, maybe it's not your forte. Hey, hey. You're, you're a man of many talents, but singing. And we got and we got Sean as well. How you doing, man? Yeah, man, surviving. Tough bro. week for you as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is, man. Just I just need that the three points to cheer me up tomorrow, bro. That's it, man. Well, lads, like you know, it is. We, we don't even have to do too much these days to be happy, like. Our ops just give us gifts every week. It's just like you want, you want a gift, have a gift. You the know blood what I mean? of my enemies. When I'm seeing Tobes lose his head, yeah, and replying to what Shabby seconds. Bruv, <laughs> man is in some remote part of England right now, like steaming. bald head, head steaming, steaming, waiting oh. in the rain for the last train. I, I don't do drugs, but this is how cocaine must. Be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I googled the journey to Burnley. Is four and a half hours. He's got work at nine a.m. Blood of my enemies. <laughs> He's got work at nine a.m., mate. Like, what's he going to tell his manager? Eh? What's he going to tell him? Antonio, Antonio. <laughs> yes. Hey, listen, Spurs. They're the gift that keep giving. And, you know, I think we were all a little bit dejected after the... Because um, we had a good weekend, right? You know, we saw um, 
uh, obviously our own team pr- put a, quite an accomplished display on against Brentford. And then we thought, do you know what? This is a real opportunity for us to like extend the gap to Spurs. And we were all expecting Man City to, well, no, I wouldn't say expecting because we know City are like Spurs is kind of like bogey team, really. Um, Spurs are City's bogey team, sorry, I should say. So it's like um, you can't expect too much, but you know, in City's run of form and, you know, Spurs have been a bit higgy hagger. Um, I, I I was expecting City to get the business to, done. So to watch Spurs beat City, it was a bit like, ah, oh, man, especially in the last minute as well. And watching them celebrate like that at the Etihad, which just made me feel a bit sick. But, you know, there, there's one thing I, I said after that game is, is, I, is this is nothing we haven't seen from Spurs. Like Nuno beat City at the beginning of the season in practically the same fashion earlier this season. It's not going to change what Spurs' issue are, issues are. Spurs' issues are in the games like today, which they're going to have to play loads more of. They're not going to play City every week and have um, that style of play that's going to be effective against these teams. They they can't break teams down. They can't create chances. They're not very good defensively. They're just not a very good football team. So I was never really worried about Spurs. And, you know, the more points they drop the easier for us it's going to be because it's the less is the um uh, you know as a least amount of pressure on us as possible really and truly because um people are talking about what points targets we need and and things like that and you know these things if man united and spurs keep dropping points that points target is getting smaller and smaller and smaller to get so um did you get, did any of you guys catch any of the games today? Uh, I know Man United kind of ruined it a bit with a late minute, last minute, well, late equaliser, I should say. But um... I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't mind, man. I need United distracted for longer, for as long as possible, so that they can stay in for all like a. And plus, like even as much as I don't like United, I actually hate Simeone and Atletico. They're the most anti-football establishment I've ever seen in my life, so they can get knocked out for all like a. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm of the same view because I mean. I hope this doesn't come back to bite me, so we might have to clip this, but I'm pretty sure they won't win it. I'm pretty sure United won't win it, so I'm happy for them to stay in it as long as possible because it's a big enough game that it will distract their focus Um, Mm. and um, because they'll they'll always play their first 11 and they'll always have to put in 100%. So if they stay in the competition longer, I think it serves us our purpose, man, because they can't serve two masters. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Anyway, enough, enough about them, guys. That's that's enough about them. Um, it, it was, it was, it was great, you know, seeing it, seeing uh, today unfold and Burnley getting the win, obviously. But let's talk about us because we had our own victory, um, against Brentford on Saturday. Um, we spoke about it before the pod in the like the preview bit of uh, last week's pod. This being a bit of a revenge. Um, a revenge fixture, which sounds a bit strange considering you know it's Brentford and Stephens is in the Premier League, but you know they really did do a number on us on the first game of the season. I know there was like mitigating circumstances, and you know we didn't have X, Y, Z, but really and truly on the day we should have had enough to beat Brentford, and I think it served as a good, um, just a good marker, really, just to show where we have developed since the first game of the season and i'll start with you um leroy um were you were you impressed with our display on on saturday um extremely i thought we played really really well um i think we dominated brentford from start to finish um i, I think 
you could tell we started the game with a lot of purpose. We were moving the ball really, really quickly. Um, we were pretty incisive. We were relatively creative. I felt that we were a little bit slack in terms of our conversion in the final third, in terms of that, that last bit of quality. But in terms of how we built up play, how we dominated, I think it was a really good. Um, I think there was a lot of good performances, particularly in the first phase, particularly like Ben White, Party coming and playing out. I thought they were really, really good. Um, Emerson Throw was not the best in the first half, but really picked up in the second half. Um, Martin Odegaard is showing captain form, captain material. He's really, really starting to flourish as a player here. And then our star boy himself, Bukayo Saka, was also good. So, um, yeah, I was really impressed. And I think it's showing more of what we're seeing in terms of our improvement and in terms of us going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was a, it was was probably the most dominant performance I, I think I've seen from us this season. I think just in terms of like really limiting Brentford to what I mean their only chance was really at the end, right? It was um bit of a fluky goal. Yeah. A bit of a goal mouth scramble, which was a bit disappointing in the end because it makes the it makes the scoreline look like it was a bit close. Um when in reality that game was not a two one game, was it, Sean? I mean we, we could have we probably should have scored a few more, and I think we we could have had, you know, a few penalties on the day as well. But we'll get into that. Yeah, I even think I tweeted after I said Arteta coached like a four five nil. That was the reality. That's what the game should have been like. We absolutely dominated, battered them from start to finish. I think to Leroy's point now, um, you're starting to see, you know, where the easily upgradable opportunities within the team are. So we had a lot of you know, missed place final actions in the final third. Like Lacazette, I think, had like three, four opportunities to slide people in and, you know, just made, you know, the pass was either not heavy enough or it was just the wrong decision constantly. So, and I think those sorts of things don't really show up well on XG. Um, but really and truthfully, um, what I'm finding now under Arteta is that we're arriving into the final third a lot. Um, we've got a lot of final third entries, but, you know, maybe it's just the last action, um, final bit of quality that's letting us down um you know and that's probably what's costing us so that that's you know the upgrade opportunity that's really what's stopping us from hammering teams like you know like a four or five mil so hopefully we can you know start to improve a bit more on that um because i think i saw something in the first half i can't remember how many touches in the opposition box we had it was crazy um so I, I thought it was good i think obviously now we're really starting to see the involvement i think ever since arteta has made that tweak you know where Tini's not pushing on anymore he's paid more inverted but Jack has pushed way high up I do prefer that I think um Dan Coog's made the point as well like um in an ideal world you don't want Xhaka tracking back or having to cover copious amounts of space you'd rather leave that to someone like Tini who is you know um athletic and perfectly made for that do you know what I mean so um so Jack has pushed a lot higher up so you see him receiving the ball like in in ridiculous positions at the moment but you can see where that's easily upgradable and how we can improve if you know we buy someone improved there so um so it was fine generally he was fine overall so the way we're building now we're leaving the build up to sort of like party and um and the center backs and both the um full backs are inverting so I like the shape and the structure a lot more so it's basically attack with five defend with five um and yeah man it's it's starting to to yield benefits i like the shape i like the structure overall so hopefully um you know we can plow on as we are and the young guys can continue producing but obviously going forward we still need more quality especially offensively yeah it's interesting that you said that the final third stuff i just looked at stats now it was our it was our uh most uh touches in the final third this season in any game 
Um, and our second most uh, touches in the penalty box uh, after the Norwich home game earlier on in the season. So, yeah, it does. It, it it definitely felt like a really dominating and threatening performance where we, you know, had a lot of possession in Brentford's game. We were just constantly pinning them back. And, you know, um, just a question to you both is, obviously, when the game is nil-nil at half time, and I do reflect back onto that, that Norwich game earlier on in the season, um, you know, where maybe we would have been 1-0 up at halftime, uh, 0-0, sorry, sorry, it'd be 0-0 at halftime, and you'd get that feeling that we weren't going to score. And, you know, I, I think we scored quite late in the in the Norwich game um, to, to actually win it in the end. But did you guys get that feeling again, against Brentford that 0-0 at halftime... Is it going to be another game like the Burnley game, you know, where we couldn't, you know, where we where we couldn't muster up the chances to score? And did, did you get that feeling? Because I didn't. I had a good feeling going into the second half that we were going to get the goal. It was just a matter of time. I can't really pinpoint why, uh, because I had literally just seen it happen against Burnley a few weeks ago. But um, yeah, I just had a really good feeling that we would go on and, and get the victory in the end. Did, did you guys get any of that feeling? Um, to be honest, nah, I, I probably disagree. I had a different feeling. And the feeling I get is I always worry that we won't be able to score many. So we're in these type of games, even though we're dominant, because we're, our chances are sort of, they're not clear. They're kind of half chances, a lot of them, if you know what I mean. And I always get the feeling that, oh yeah, we may nick one, but I don't see us scoring more than one in a lot of these games. And I felt like even though we were dominant, I felt I didn't feel that we'd win the game by more than one goal. And I thought we'd probably nick a goal in the 70th minute. So I, I did have the feeling that we would win, but I haven't got like a, a massive confidence in a scoring. And it's not just because we, uh, we don't really have a striker. It's because our goals come from people who we just haven't got history of consistent goals. So a lot of them are coming from players who are having their first breakout season in terms of numbers, really, like ESR, this is his first season breaking out, getting numbers. Saka, this is his first season breaking out, getting numbers. And if it doesn't come from one of them, I, I really don't know who it's come from. So it's hard for me to have confidence that we're going to score. But the good news is we look dominant enough for me to think, right, the trajectory is definitely going in the right direction because these are the type of teams, particularly the cannon fodder, which we were struggling against before. Um, and we were doing okay against the big teams. Now we're seeing a bit different. That even if we don't look like we're going to score, and they are kind of narrow victories, they feel like well-deserved victories because we're dominating the games. And that is a they aren't they aren't separated by the margins. Yeah, and that's a massive progression from where we were. Um, so even if like the, the game was two-one, that didn't tell the story of the game. And it, it, it's 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 a real progression in my opinion. And I feel like we have to give. I mean, we were talking in the group chat earlier, weren't we, Lewis? We have to give Arteta the credit because I'm fed up with people who, like me, I criticised Arteta when we weren't seeing good things. But I feel like a there's a group of people who are just not being objective and aren't giving him the credit he's deserving for what we're seeing in front of us. And they're very quick to dismiss what we're seeing. Like I just mm. don't understand. You can't watch us now compared to what we were before and say we're not playing well. Like, you're, you're watching Spurs, United, teams who are in and around us go to these teams and struggle. Wolves, go to these teams and not be able to score. Lose. And lose. 
I'm, 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 we're dominating them. So it, we're doing something right. So give credit where credit's due. Arteta is doing a very, very good job in terms of the evolution and coaching of this team. So we have to give credit where it's due, in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. And, and you're right. It is very, I think it is a little bit agenda driven because it turns from, you know, if you had said to these fans at the start of the season, okay, what would be a good season for Arteta's Arsenal this season? I think a lot of people would have said, you know what, if he gets us in the top six, that's probably like the minimum objective, right? Now it's turned into, oh, top four is now the, that, that's the minimum expectation. How can that be the minimum expectation? You know, it, it, it's not really making sense. I think it's a bit of changing the goalpost as, you know, our fortunes change. And you, you, you can definitely have an argument now. I think we had the argument on, with the debate on last week's podcast as if whether it would be a failure to not finish in the top four from this point. Myself, personally, I think it probably would be because you're looking at the teams around us, Spurs losing today. You know, United don't look like they can put more than two or three wins together on the spot, on, on, on the bounce, sorry. So I would be extremely disappointed if we didn't um, finish in the top four this season. Um, but that it, it doesn't make this season a failure. Like, um, yeah, it, it doesn't mean that if we finish in the top six, I think that's probably what Arteta's objectives were at the start of the season anyway. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if you're asking me, I, I don't oh, disagree. Sorry, yeah, I forgot to ask. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't disagree. I um, for, for me, I one of the things I just wanted to see was was a main thing was was progression in playing style, and I was very critical of Arteta you know over the last you know sort of 12 18 months but and at times I have to be totally honest with you I struggled to understand certain concepts or methods do you know what I mean I just struggled to understand what was what was being implemented but what I'm seeing now for me is visibly clear it makes a lot of sense I understand the methods I understand the use like the use of certain personnel in certain positions I understand their role within the setup so for me it's very easy to see where upgrade opportunities come and you know it, it's very easy to see the tactical evolution of the side so for me it looks strong now so what I need to see is you know just a rec recruitment now so we're going to see what Arteta's recruitment is like offensively obviously he chose to spend the bulk of his 150 mil last summer on defensive recruits and call cool. and you know we've seen the benefits of that because we've looked like one of the strongest teams defensively in the league this season so that's cool so I hope you know he has that same level of talent ID offensively so we'll be able to assess that um yeah you know in the summer but to, to your original point I, I would be disappointed if we didn't get fourth now just because I feel like we look the most stable team um but I think the issue still remains in the sense that as Leroy alluded to we're relying on um you know we don't have massive data sets for ESR and Saka um, obviously they're scoring, you know, ESR's got 10 in all comps, Saka's got seven now. So, I mean, it's great. It's a great return. So hopefully they can both continue it up. But ideally, we need Lacazette to contribute. We really do need something from him. Do you know what I mean? We've got 15 games now to the end of the season. 
brother, I need five. Just give me five. That's all I'm... Yeah. I'm not even asking for a lot, you know. I need five goals, bro. Between it's, nine it's, and the It's going to get to, like, the last seven or eight games of the season. We're just going to be like, we just need one goal, man. We just need one goal. Like, that's what we're asking from you. Like, it's just one goal. Yeah, it's, He's yeah. taking the absolute piss and, mm. you know... um. I just I, I need more from him, man. Like, I'll take five pins. Yeah, yeah, I I mean, I'll, last week, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll take it any way it gets, but he just needs to do something, bro. Because mm. there's no way you can be sitting here in February on two non-penalty goals all season, three league goals all season. We've we've had some discussions this week about you know I think did was it Arteta who said that Emil Smith Rowe could potentially play as a as a striker. Is, is, did he say that? He did. Uh, he was he did say that. very forceful with it, actually. He said very, mm. very well. So, to be honest, maybe not now, but next preseason, I, I would like to see it. Sorry, <laughs> I, yeah. like, I, I would like to see it because the, the thing is, I was thinking about it the other day. Out of our squad, he's probably got, what, top three in terms of the best touch. Mm-hmm. He's actually not a small lad, like he's not a small mm-hmm. guy. He's six foot. He's actually pretty explosive in terms of quick off the mark and creating separation mm-hmm. into getting a goal. Now, obviously, the team's been dysfunctional when we've seen it before. And not like it wouldn't I want to I want a striker, don't get me wrong. But as an option, I, there's something about it that's interesting me. I, I, I can't put my finger on it, but there's something about it that's interesting me. Where have you seen a similar project work? To what Emil Smith Rowe would be up front? Where, 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 where would we have seen it? Like, what's the the prototype? What's the blueprint for that to be a success? It's, because it's, it's, I can't see it personally. Yeah, for for me, it's I I wouldn't I still don't see it as the best utilization of him. I thought um, German Dan made an interesting comparison the other day, actually, which I'd never seen before, which actually makes a lot of sense to me. Compared him to Marco Royce. Uh, you know, in terms of Marco Royce was very, very good at interpreting space. He wasn't an overly physical player, but he was able to create separation and shoots well off either foot, um, knows how to ghost into spaces, very good in tight spaces, um, good combination play. So I never saw that before, and I can see why he makes that. I, I think, you know, um, a lot of people are seeing it now, but ESR's got very underrated PMP. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you saw it for the goal as well. He He's one of those guys who eats up space quite quickly. Um, even though sometimes he doesn't always look like he's running fast. So um, I just think he might end up being utilised similarly to how Foden is at City. Um, you know, because obviously Arteta spoke about striker, but he also said he can play left wing, he can play left attacking eight, right attacking eight. So, you know, you're talking about one of the interior positions there as well. Um, I still feel like he will end up as like a left centre mid in the future because I feel like that utilises his best skill set in terms of ball carry and arriving in the final third. Um, but he probably needs to learn the role of a centre mid a bit better. And he probably also needs to be better in duels, which um, probably is one of the drawbacks of his game at the moment. Um, but I think, you know, to, to, to Wenger always used to do it. He used to use young guys in a variety of positions. So it's probably not a bad thing for his development at the moment. What I would say is that I don't know if right now, you know, when we've got a demand to win games, it's the time to experiment like that, in my opinion, anyway. Absolutely. So, I would, so, so as, as annoying as Lacazette is right now, I would not be inclined to change it just because it's a reference point and we know what we're going to get and he enables the others. So I probably wouldn't change it right now. Yeah, no, I was going to... Was, was, sorry, go on, go on. Anyway. No, no, no. The only other thing I was going to say is that 
um, there was an interesting article from Martinelli in The Athletic today, and they asked him um, if he thinks he could recreate Lacazette's role as a nine, and he said he thinks he can, you know, in terms of he thinks he could occupy the spaces, um, you know, deep, dropping deep to create overload centrally like Lacazette does. He thinks he can do that. So that's another interesting point, maybe one to look at further down the line. But my overarching point is probably as much as Lacazette annoys me, I don't want to change too much right now. Um, I'm, I'm in a massive agreement. Um, so the reason I was saying it and the reason that's why I said sort of next preseason, in terms of the comparison you said, even though he's a lot better technically and he's a very different player, I had in my head Thomas Muller, that kind of player. In that's what of, I had as well, yeah. That's exactly what I had in my head. But either way, that's something for the future. And exactly as Sharon said, I, this is not the time to experiment. We've got a formula that is currently working. You stick to it unless you're forced to change it. Um, that's why I'm not even keen to see Martinelli at nine at the moment. I'm not even keen to see any of that. Do exactly what you're doing as best as we can. If we're in, if if we've got enforced change, for example, if lack is out for any reason, I'd rather try one of those solutions than Eddie. If I'm honest with you, and see if those work when we're when we're under pressure, when we're forced to do it, or maybe in a game where if we've got the game one and we're doing it for the last 20 minutes. But in the same, keep 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 playing our best team, put our best eleven out every time. Keep it. Let's get these automatisms. Let's get the um, chemistry between these boys, and let's just try and um, we're in the home straight now. Fifteen games, fifteen cup finals. Um, let's just try and get the points by by any means necessary. Yeah, it, it is. It is a bit of a tough one because it is kind of like a, a thing of if it's not broke, don't fix it. But at the same time, you know something is broken. You know, it's it's Lacazette. He might be doing some things that you want him to do, but he's not doing the fundamental thing that you want from your striker, right? And, you know, you guys made reference to it that, you know, we're relying on people to score who historically, we just don't have the evidence that they're capable of, of doing it. Whether they do, I mean, they, they quite possibly could. I mean, every week we talk about, can they sustain it? And Emil Smith-Rowe scored another one. Saka scored another one. You know, I, I've said it. I don't have faith in Saka as a goal scorer, but he keeps proving me wrong every week. You know, he's scoring more and more goals and I just have to bite my lip with it, really. Um, so it is it is quite interesting because I have heard people say, you know, let's try Martinelli up front. But I do understand why Arteta might be reluctant to try something like that because it is kind of... You're, you're, you're taking a big cog out of your system and you know maybe one game when would be the ideal game to try it? you know when when do we try these things it's we don't really have those free hits anymore to you know Marcelli try you know Sunderland in the league cup let's see how it let's see how it goes um we don't have any of those games anymore so we kind of have to stick with with what we've got and like you said <laughs> keep 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 playing those same 14 or 15 players that you're going to rely on for the rest of the season and hope for the best, man. Hope for the best. Have you guys um, seen, just coming off track a little bit, have you seen the Antonio Conte quotes? No, no. I'll, I'll read please. it out. So he's given an interview <laughs> wait, 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 to Sky wait, wait, wait. Sports. Let me, let me get my, um, my belt yes. and put it around my arm. And <laughs> he's, he's given an interview to Sky Sports and he said, I need to talk the, to the club. Tottenham have to make an assessment about the club, about me. We need to find the best solution. I can't accept to keep losing. I'm sorry. Here, coaches change, but players are the same, but results don't change. And Sam Matterface, I believe it was, he's he said that he got the impression 
that the way Conte was talking was suggesting that he's going to quit as Spurs manager. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm told I need I need that in liquid form. That in liquid form. I need all of that in liquid form. I will, over, I will overdose right now. So yeah, I need that. I need that. Yeah. I need that. Blood of my enemies, bro. And I need to call and if it happens, I need to run and I'm gonna go to Dan Creek's house. I need to see what Tobes <laughs> is up to, bro. Oh, yeah. His head is gone. Conte's toupee is literally shaken. As we listen, Toes might not be home from Burnley by the time, time this news gets announced, bro. He's still on the way home. So that's that's quite interesting. And I think, and if that does happen, I mean, I mean, the, the only reason we were really worried about Spurs was the Conte appointment, right? It was like, oh shit, is but Conte really, gonna like propel them? I don't yeah. want a new manager bounce. I need this toxicity to continue. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, dude. I need this really, toxicity to continue. I need you to be there like a bit longer. Like I just need the, the losses really to keep rub it in, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm. I don't want him to go and like like you said, a new manager bounce where they get like a little five game spell where they just yeah, yeah. Let them oh, just, yeah. I need this storm. Let, 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 let Con- Conte keep calling out the players, let the players keep thinking, Why are you throwing us under the bus? And then they hate him and then they don't run for him. And then he starts saying you're shit, and then he starts saying, Fuck you, fuck you, fuck. Let it like fester. We need it to <laughs> explode. Like yeah, no one yeah. to put Simmer in. And you've got pasture in there and it overflows. It's not overflowing yet. <laughs> yeah, we need to let it overflow. Like, it's on nine on the induction. <laughs> it is interesting, isn't it? Like how football can go from one extreme to the other. Like they were on cloud nine just a few days ago after beating City. And now it seems like the world is falling apart again. Yeah, they were doing hurricane fucking units. Yeah. This rubbish. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I mean, we'll see what happens with that, right? I mean... Listen, that that's just that's just typical Spurs, isn't it? But I, I mean, even when Spurs appointed Conte, I, I always I looked at the appointment as it just looks like a bit of a stopgap for me for him, you know, like something he's maybe a bit bored at home, you know, hasn't had a job for a bit. Thinks Spurs have offered him the bag, obviously, giving him a shitload of money. He's thought, yeah, fuck it, it's easy money. If I if I don't do well, I'll quit and. Um, I'll get a good, a better job anyway. Like, it's not going to harm his reputation at Spurs at the end of the day. If he fouls at Spurs, then, I mean, you're no different to the last hundred Spurs managers. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I've, that appointment never really phased me too, too, too tough. But um, just going back to the game, um, we, we, how are you guys feeling about these refereeing decisions, man? Like, Bruv. It, I saw, Bruv. I saw, right, Two, to me, two carbon copy um, instances of handball. One was given and one isn't. You know, like, who is it that blocked the ball? Um, I can't remember who it was. But uh, whose shot was it? Oh, I can't even remember who shot it was. Cedric shot. Cedric shot, right? Mm-hmm. The yeah. geezers come sliding across, just, just arm out like this and blocked it. Right, and and I think it was in the Man City game that yeah. basically yeah. identical. I, I mean, maybe some differences from Romero, but you know, I, I just don't understand how these are not being given. And then you're seeing Ben White just being whacked in the box, no penalty. You know, I think there was one. They on said the they said he made a meal of it. I said so the ball was gone, and he got kicked. Yeah, he got kicked. <laughs> but to be honest, I, I'm fed up. And the thing is, 
Mm. All these opposition fans say we're whining, we're moaning, whatever, whatever. I'm sorry, there is a clear pattern here of us consistently getting the wrong side of the referees and getting the wrong side of the decisions. Um, and uh, for me, it just seems obvious. It just seems really, really obvious. Um, Do you think we're just getting bad luck or what? No, nah, no, nah, I don't know. I, I, it could just be bad luck. Or I mean, I know the referees are incompetent, so that, that, that that's by the by. But even if you did it statistically, there's surely not the fact that we're always going to get the wrong end of the decision. So there, mm. there's something up here. And if personally, I feel that someone in the club, whether it be Arteta because he's the best in front of the camera, the best spokesperson, and I, and I know like it's hard because they don't want to make us a target, but someone needs to kind of put pressure on these referees. And maybe not like say it overtly because you're going to get a fine and stuff. But I, you know how like Fergie and and, and Klopp and them, they mm. they'll start dropping little hints in, in in presses and stuff, really putting the pressure on. And that's what I feel like we need to start doing because this has got to be highlighted. It's really because until you start to get a narrative forming, and we have to take control of the narrative and start talking about it and then shape it in our direction, it's just going to keep happening. But if we actually create a narrative of it and say, look, Arsenal are getting bad decisions, and it continues then things start to build from there and then something's going to be done about it. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's, it's not on. It's not on. And it's it's clear. It's clear. From when I when Ayo, who is the biggest bastard on the planet, is saying that Arsenal are getting the the, uh, uh, the rubber, not getting the rubber to green and getting bad decisions, you know it's true because he's a bastard. So yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, you, I, I know you spoke about creating narrative and um, I think Arteta did try something like that after the Martinelli said enough against Wolves where he basically was like, you know, I've played football for X amount. I just don't have the answers anymore, you know? And I felt like, you know, he, he attempted to do something like that. But again, as a, as a manager, you kind of have to watch what you say because it could, it could go the other way, right? It, it You could start pressuring referees and then all of a sudden they're out to get you even more. Or, you know, subconsciously, they don't want to give you a decision because, you know, you'd be moaning about it and stuff. And it's it's, it's tiring, man, because I don't know how we didn't get at least one penalty against Brentford, you know. And is I, I personally, I don't like penalties anyway. I think I think far too many football games these days are are judged by innocuous things that shouldn't really be lead to goals. You know, a lot of these things shouldn't really be penalties. and. You know, it's it is frustrating that to, to see certain teams getting rubber the green and getting penalties for things that you know are really innocuous, and we and we don't we don't get anything back. You know, we don't we don't seem to get any our way. And then against us, you know, I think I saw um there was a stat the other day, McTominay, McTominay, sorry, he seven no six fouls in the game against Leeds, and apparently our no yellow card and what was it our last but i can't remember what it was was it our last some x amount of fouls led to red cards and yellow cards or something like that i don't know but um yeah ridiculous man ridiculous that we, we seem to be getting a lot of these decisions against us but um let's turn our attention towards wolves tomorrow because it's a it's a big game um we've already you know We've we Bruno Larg come out with uh, another comment today about the way we celebrated. Like, did we do something in the changing room or something? Because I don't understand 
what their issue is. <laughs> Seriously, I don't, I really don't understand what their problem is. Team wins game, celebrates, and all of a sudden we're like the worst team in the world or something. I don't really understand what's going Especially on. Especially away from home against a top four competitor where you're down to 10 men, like you win, you fist pump, you go and celebrate with your fans. That's just what happens every game. Like, I don't understand. Like, like I said, unless there was something that happened behind closed doors, that really hurt them. But man, they did on the picture. It was just, it was just weird. So hopefully um, we win tomorrow and we celebrate in front of their fans or like, you know, let flares off or something, bro, so they get pissed off again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. It's, oh, it, it, we have to win because we don't want to... I, I feel like they're... To be honest, they go above us if they win. I know. I, I feel like they're personally making a big deal out of it because they knew they're going to be playing us in a couple of in two games time, right. and they're trying so to they're try to create that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're like using okay. it as a lightning rod for their team, sort of a rallying cry. I feel like that, if it wasn't for that, I don't think they'd be making such a big deal out of it. But either way, they're prophetic. I mean, team celebrates. Who cares? Um, I hope that Arteta's putting their faces on the board in, the, in terms of in front of the dartboard, and I, I hope we're going for them as well. And I hope it's a lightning rod galvanising our team because mm-hmm. we, based on the results that obviously have happened around us, we need this win. This win puts us in a great position. Is it um, is it fair to say that I, I feel like this game could be quite a lot different to the game at um, the Molyneux? I feel like I feel like this game could suit. Wolves a little bit more um, because I feel like they could probably play their natural game a little bit better. Um, we're probably going to have a lot of the ball. I think, um, let me just check the first game. I think we, um, Wolves maybe just had a little bit more possession because of the red card. But um, I just wonder, is this game going to suit them a little bit more? Do they Would they prefer playing, you know, on the back foot a little bit and trying to hit us on the counter-attack? Whereas maybe at home they had a bit more impetus to maybe try and go for go for the win. What do you guys think? I, I don't know, man. I'd have to check like how many wins they've had at home versus how many they've had away. Um, part of me does feel like they'd be better suited to playing away from home, just stylistically. Um, obviously, and you know we're playing. They've pretty won much seven away, five at home. Seven away, right? Okay, so it, it could be that they prefer playing away from home. They've got the players to hurt people in transition. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how we combat it because obviously we played against a back five on Saturday. It's another back five again tomorrow. I feel obviously, you know, that the spaces that you try to attack when you play a back five are always between um, the wing back and, you know, that initial centre back, try and get someone in behind. I think we tried it a few times in the first game with Saka as well and, and, and Martinelli. So, yeah, I think we're going to have to just try and pull a couple out of position. It is going to be very annoying because every time I watch Wolves, they don't give much away at all, man. They're hard to get in against. They're very compact. Um, so it's hard, man. It might be like another thing we might have to rely on, you know, maybe a set piece or two or just hopefully like an individual moment of brilliance, man, because it's tough. I've seen Wolves quite a bit this season. They're a tough team. Um, no one scored more than two goals against them this whole season, so... You know, I, th- I think the proof's in the pudding there as well. So, yeah, man, let's see. Let's see. I don't really care. Just by hook or by crook, get the win. Because, you know, we've got the opportunity to go six points clear of Spurs and five points clear of Wolves if we win tomorrow. So that's, you know, it's, it's a big incentive for us, you know, and it puts us, if we win, a point behind United with two games in hand. So um, it's there for us, man. It's there. Like, like I think Arteta said it in his press conference today. It's in our hands, man. So it's really just about how consistent we are from now until the end of the season. Um, so, yeah, 15 games left, man. Oof, God, we need like sick. 
bro i'm shook bro you know me uh i'd get nervous uh i feel like you said yeah maybe like eight wins out of the 15 might do it so let's see yeah. man let's see let's it's see. gonna be a, it's gonna be a tight game either way i think we're two pretty evenly matched teams um two teams that are very well organized two teams that are pretty decent defensive records it's going to be um a one goal margin either way probably a one nil either way or a one one or a nil nil um i can't see anything more than that really so the the key for this game is i feel that yeah obviously we've got we're a lot better team in transition nowadays um mm. uh, a lot both ways both ways yeah um but particularly defensively um and the key would be i feel like to start fast in a similar way that we did to brentford and get an early goal I think an early goal is going to be absolutely crucial in this game if we're going to win it. Um, so uh, that that would be the ideal for, for for us. But we'll see how it pans out. But either way, Wolves are a good side. It's going to be a close game. And I think personally, I think Wolves at the moment are better than Spurs and probably mm. United as well. So I think that's a fair shout. I think over the last um, ten games or so, I think uh, you know, I think they're probably along along with us and Liverpool and City. They're probably the most. Um, informed teams in the league and also you know. they've, they've taken points direct remember they went to old trafford one went to spurs stadium one so you know they're taking points off direct rivals mm. um kept clean sheets in both games as well so they are yeah they're very very tough outfit walls man and they, they have difference makers pedro neto is back as He's well back, yeah. so that's another threat to be to be wary mm. about so between him pedence trincao raul jimenez so walls can definitely hurt us man Okay. Definitely, definitely. Uh, us, Tommy so. asked, better had his Weetabix like, all week. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's Tommy back. He's, yeah, he's back. He, he was he was on the bench on Saturday. They just didn't use him in it. So yeah, uh, he better had his Weetabix, yeah. red and wheat, and obviously um, Pep's uh, Pep Guardiola's special sports supplements. Mm. <laughs> so like, yeah. Cedric, Cedric's done all right last two games, but really yeah. like against uh, a physical Pedro team, yeah, against a physical team like Wolves as well. And you want good aerial aerial players as well. So yeah, do you, Tommy do you think they'll start Neto? Mm, probably, probably not. Now he's been out. He's been out for too long, man. Ten months in it. So did he come on against Pod Leicester? Or? Yeah, he came on against Leicester. He did, yeah. um, so they'll start Podence and Trincao probably. Last ten minutes, and mm. then they'll give. They'll probably give you yeah, Neto like fifteen, twenty, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I thought Leicester did quite a good job against uh, Wolves. I know they lost in the end, but the mm. second half, they, I thought they pammed mm. Wolves. If I'm being honest, in the second yeah, they, half, but they, they did. To be just, fair, they had, they had a. Uh, quite a bit against Wolves. Um, yeah, they just couldn't get the goal, and I think the Wolves' goal came a, as a, a bit of against the run of play, and you know, kind of knocked the stuffing out of Leicester a little bit. So maybe there's something to be taken from that. Um, is there anything you guys would do personnel-wise to, um, you know, change things up or like? I, I, I'm guessing not. I mean, you guys said previously that you would just stick with the um, the same team, but you know, uh, Martinelli's back, so. Perfect, no. impact. perfect impact up. Martinelli. Yep, I think mm. um, if you're if it's nil nil, it's late in the game, twenty minutes. I'd I'd, I'd definitely have ESR starting after he played so well last week, um, and also I feel like he's technically a little bit more secure. Um, but then Martinelli is the perfect impact up for me. Yeah, I think that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't disagree. I'm I'm starting the same team at bar Cedric for Tomiyasu. Yeah. Um that started against Brentford. And yeah, you know, um Martinelli's there. Hopefully, you know, even Pepe's there as I'd rather see Pepe as an impact sub than Eddie as well. So mm. yeah, man. So you know that there's a couple options on the bench, you know, if we're trying to do something late on. So 
He but did. Fingers he, crossed. Sorry, did bring Pepe on quite early um, against uh, Brentford. Didn't yeah, he? yeah. Well, I say early. Him. I mean, it was like twenty odd, twenty odd minutes. When did he? Yeah, take I think about off? maybe maybe only like 15, 20 minutes. But yeah. I mean, compared to just not using him at all, it's quite interesting yeah, yeah. that he did actually choose to bring Pepe on. The thing is, at the end of the day, for all his flaws. Like Pepe can score, and he's he's. I think it's just a better option. To he should have got a penalty as well, shouldn't he? Um, yeah, I, I think that could have been given. It, it might have been soft, but you know, it didn't even go to VAR. I, I don't mm. believe so. Yeah, man, hundred percent. So, um, what I also found interesting about that when he came on, um, Saka went to the left. Now, I've always said for time, I don't like Saka on the left because. Um, you know, I I think he sees the pitch better from the right. However, what I will say about Saka on the left is that I had issues there when Tini was overlapping. Mm-hmm. Tini not overlapping makes it a lot easier for him. Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, you've not got two players occupying similar zones. I always felt when they were both on the left, they ended up treading on each other's toes. But yeah. Tini playing deeper and more inverted to help build up, I think probably suits us a bit better. So it gives Saka the option to go outside or come in. And obviously um, his goal came from the left. If you remember when we played Newcastle at home earlier this season, his goal came from the left. So he, he you know, I think he does like shooting from the left as well if he can. So, um, so I'm not opposed to it if we continue with the same shape. But if Tini's overlapping, then I don't like him on on the left. But, um, but yeah, I'm sure he'll be back on the right anyway on Thursday. So yeah, yeah, I think I think Saka from the left is okay when we're when we're leading um, because he's going to get into a lot of uh, counter attacking positions. On his favorite, on his favored foot, driving at people, and you know, like like the goal that we saw um, against Brentford, uh, the second the second goal. I mean, it's those kind of positions that you'll be able to get into quite a lot when you just turn the ball over quickly and you can shift it quickly. Is all of a sudden he's just driving at you. I know that can happen from the right as well, but it's a different game to you know trying to break a team down and you're stuck on the touchline kind of thing. You're getting into different areas of different zones and different situations. So I think. Playing from the left when we're, you know, in a match leading scenario, I think um I think we'll be fine. I think he I think he could definitely do a job out there. But yeah, least of our worries at the moment, least of our worries. Um, Dr. Leroy, any any final bits before um we leave? Any predictions for tomorrow? Fancy putting um, your hat on the line? Uh, stethoscope on the line. <laughs> I think we're gonna draw actually. I think it's gonna be a one one. I think it's gonna be a tight game, one one. Um, I I mean, to be honest, you say yuck, I would have taken that if you'd have said two games against Wolves, we'd have got four points. Yeah, fair. Mm, But But now that you've got the three points, is it not now a disappointment that you didn't go and draw the home game? To be honest, yes, it is. But I just, I I think Wolves are a really good side and I think it's going to be a tough game. Um, And um, yeah, I I reckon it's 1-1. But to be honest, 1-1... It's not a massive hiccup. Like I said, we've got, what, 15 games? We need, what, eight wins, we said? Yeah. Still doable. If that, man. If that. Because I'm telling you, I don't think we're going to need 70 points. I think we need need eight wins. Definitely need eight wins. What would would eight wins give us? 24. We're on 42, so give us 66. But you're not going to lose. You're not going to lose the other seven games, are you? So you're going to have draws. You're going to have, like, three or four draws, which should be 70 points. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, but I feel like what I will say is that I just think home games you need to win. Like, you just like I can stomach call like away from home, whatever, whatever. But by hook or by crook, like you just have to find a way through at home, man. Like I said, I, I totally agree. I think it's going to be a tight game tomorrow. I'm gonna go one 0 to us, but 
we need to, man. I feel like, you know, when opportunities present themselves to capitalise, you, you've got to take it, man. You've really, really got to take it. Like, put it this way, a wins, like I said, the win tomorrow leaves very little margin for error for Spurs or, you know, Wolves going forward. So, yeah, man, uh, yeah. I, I think we should, man. So, but yeah, let's see. I- I'm gonna I'm gonna go two one to us. I think um I think we I think we'll do the business, man. I look I looked at Wolves at, in their game against Arsenal. I felt they were a bit toothless. Um they they were playing against 10 men for quite a long time and they didn't really fashion a real chance. I know they had that bit of a goal mouth scramble, but we look really solid defensively. Um I know they've got some tricky players, but they've got tricky players who, you know, kind of flattered to deceive with their end products. Um, I think Podence is sorry, half and puff, don't they? Yeah, they're a bit half and puffy. Like, Podence is great, but to me, he makes the bad decisions all the time, you know. And Trincao, he's flary as fuck, he's got all the tricks in the in the book. But ask him to put the ball on a on a sixpence for the, for the striker, he can't really do it. Jimenez, a bit wishy washy for me. So, they're all they're all good talents. Yeah, but, they're um, good talents, they, they, but maybe they're, they're nearly they're, talent, you know. Yeah, and and they're inconsistent. Like Podent scored at the weekend, but I think I read that was his first goal since like December twenty twenty. Yeah. So yeah. they they don't. Yeah, I mean you can see why they're they're a low goal scoring team. Do you know what I mean? So they don't have enough. Obviously, they've got, they've got this season. To be fair with Jimenez, you know you've got that head injury, which obviously it took him so long to recover from in it. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know how many he scored this season. Jimenez has got five goals, so more than Lacazette still. Talking about Pepe, man. Just I'm reading these comments. Give up on Pepe, bro. <laughs> well, I'm fed up. Hey, with listen. He might, he might have, to, he might have to chip him with some goals, bro. Like, bro, if, we need, we need him to give us something. Like, three, four goals. Three, three, a cheeky three, three or four goals, man. Three, four goals that before the end of the season. Ain't he's doing shit. He's gonna do a couple step overs, fall over in a corner flag a few times, <laughs> then he's gonna go on loan to France or a mid-table club in Turkey. That's what's gonna happen, and then he's gonna leave on a free. So we're gonna cancel his contract. That's like, I, can, I can actually see that happening. Exactly. And then I need new cards to come for him, man. And then I can take Lewis's money. To be honest, I need to pay you out. You need to up. And the thing is, Lewis was lying the other day on Touchline Fracker saying he's ahead of me and Ben. Man. I'm <laughs> this guy. I, I, like, literally, I'll clean him out. Like, Lewis, Lewis is I, you see how short is staying quiet here? Because he's yeah, you to say, bro, I'm, Do you know how much money I've lost to Leeway in the last year, bro? <laughs> hey, you lot. Hey, my, my, my baby is so happy because you lot are paying for Hakkasan. We're funding uh, Leroy's luxurious lifestyle, you know. We're you paying his mortgage. You're playing for champagne. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on that note, um, hopefully Pepe scores the winning goal tomorrow so we can, uh, <laughs> so we can dunk. But um, yeah, on that note, we'll, we'll leave it there. Um, hopefully we get the three points tomorrow. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be really nice to you know, have something a little like more to celebrate and something a bit more concrete as well, man. Because I think a win tomorrow really does put us in a great place. And from from if you win tomorrow from there, you really have to be looking at it and be like, fucking hell, we have to do this now. Do you know what I mean? But anyway, guys, thanks for joining me. Uh, uh, thanks for tuning in if you did tune on live stream. I know it's late, but um, yeah, take it easy, guys, and we'll be back next week. It's got to 2 2, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette, Ozil! Yo! 
Podcast Network.